welcome to Blind Guys Chat, where this guy, Oren O'Neill. Hello. And this guy, Jan Bloom. Hello. And this guy, Stuart Lawler. Hello. Talk about the A to Z of life. Well, hello, ladies and gentlemen, and you are very welcome to Blind Guys Chat, episode 84. Now, just for those of you who may be listening into the show for the very first time, because we're going to talk today about uh, Site Village Southeast, and we did meet a lot of new friends, and hopefully they will be listening to the podcast. Um, welcome, welcome. Welcome, welcome. Yeah, welcome. So we are, we, are the, we are the blind guys, Stuart Lawler, Jan Blome, and myself, Oren O'Neill. Stuart and I are in Dublin, Ireland. Uh, I'm the bright one. Uh, of, oh yeah, of the and uh, I'm the extra uh, bright one. Uh, 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 and I was going to say, yeah, I was going to say, Jan was the most intelligent one. Oh, I will tell Chef. Hey. I live in, <laughs> will, I live in a penthouse. Yeah. yeah, and of course we have Clodagh here as well. Clodagh, my Hello. darling, my darling wife, Mrs. O'Neill. I'm, uh, I'm the. I'm not Mrs. O'Neill. Your mother is the only Mrs. O'Neill that I know. <laughs> Clodagh's the best looking. <laughs> the best looking. Clodagh's the, the best looking one yeah. in, yeah. in the oh, studio. So and we have Marion outside who does makeup. Don't forget Marion. Marion does makeup. Yeah, and we're yeah. going to talk. About, there's going to be a little discussion later on about makeup because uh, Vision Aid has oh, yeah. a little, a little magnifier there. For, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm gonna Ellis yeah. Ellis. He's yeah. a lovely Ellis, guy, Ellis, by the way. I'll have yeah. a chat with him about that. Yeah, later on. but he, had, he he didn't flinch when I said that. <laughs> he did, uh, I noticed uh, that, and I've I yeah, hear that later on. But listen, oh you're God. very welcome if you're listening to the show yep. the very first time, and for those of you who are listening uh, all the time, we really do appreciate your listenership. And don't forget, actually, I was just thinking over today, we are uh, in desperate need of money. Uh, well, Chef and Larry oh, are because yeah. they're neat treats. But our tip jar, just in case you do like, you would like to make a donation, our tip jar is working again. There is no obligation oh. on you what to do. Was there a problem with it when you say working again? Yeah, it, it, was it, yeah. Was it switched off? Yeah. It was switched off, yeah. For a while, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. That's, that's not, that's it was locked. But look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to crack on because we've got a great show. We're going to be talking mostly about uh, Site Village. Now, may, which, uh, or or oh, may yes. I first comment? Yes, yeah. may, may, yes. You know, it was also the first time ever that we met in person yeah, yeah. this is right oh, that yes. is very true yeah. 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 And chef and larry you know yeah, yeah. this is brilliant we met we, we did we met yeah. jan stewart with all three of us all four Ooh. of us were in it when they're in the same room yeah. uh for the first time ever and we forgot to take a photograph i feel so bad <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah, the token sighty in case here anyone in this house who is really mad with me. Oh, oh I'm so oh. sorry. It's my fault. It's uh, my fault. I'm well, so we can, sorry. Well, for those of you who do want to see a, a photograph of Stuart, at least, uh, if you go back to I can't remember what episode it is, but you will see <laughs> a picture <laughs> of Stuart uh, when he when he at the top of Kilimanjaro. It's a great picture yes. of him there with uh, uh, yeah. with Maddie and Yaddy uh, um, there. Uh, uh, big shout out to Maddie because they listen to the podcast now. Maddie and Raddy. Oh yeah. Raddy, sorry, Raddy. Raddy, they're lovely guys. Uh, They were just telling me they're gone up again and they won't be back till Christmas. Oh, oh, well, they've probably got to watch out for Santa. Anyway, anyway, let's let's get on with this show. Uh, Let's get talking to, uh, first of all, Glenn Tukey from Sight and Sound. Glenn, this is a fantastic event. This is the first time I've been at anything like this, but you've been at many of them. What are you seeing in the accessibility world? What what are the hot topics right now? Well, there's two things actually. The first thing is the impact that uh, uh, artificial intelligence is having on new technology for people with visually impaired. And the other is actually educating professionals about what the true impact of sight loss is. And so many are professionals, eye health professionals, and they don't really understand what sight loss is all about. So I've got two pieces of clever technology which I think solve both of those issues. Which are? <laughs> which are? Well, the first is the Envision glasses, which have been around for two or three years. Yeah. But now the software on them allows you to speak to them and command the glasses. That's all very good, and others do that as well. But actually, using AI, you can now interrogate the glasses and ask for information that he goes off and finds. So instead of a blind person or a low vision person scanning a menu and waiting minutes for a serial stream of audio information until they find the piece they're looking for, you can now scan a menu and say, tell me the price of the margarita pizza. And the glasses will go off and get it and bring it back. 
Now I think that's a game changer for visually impaired people because now, at last, you don't have to sit and wait for the audio stream to tell you what you want to know. You go straight to it. You now are in control of the technology. And I think that will pervade as the years go by and that will become the way in which low vision and blind people can actually operate the technology. And I think it will actually make it so much more natural, so much more like everyday life. And that's a really big uh, addition. And that's what technology is doing, I think, here. And AI is at the front of that. Yeah, because AI has kind of been, over the last maybe year or so, been kind of knocked and a bit, people are a bit worried about it. But I think the blind and visually impaired community are really seeing this as an advantage of this, this is going to be a game changer, but also in terms of how quickly things are going to change. Yeah, I think so. I think too many people who are knocking it have been seeing it as a replacement, perhaps, for the human brain. Yeah. I don't think it's a replacement for the human brain. I think it supports the human brain in providing it with information in the right format so the human brain can then process it. So, okay, maybe there'll be over time some jobs that will be done by robots. There always have been, by the way. Yeah. Assembling cars have been done for 50 years that way. Yes, that, of course, technology will always nibble away at manual labour. But what it will do is support intelligent labour and I think open up many more roles uh, for people who may not have been able to access them. So I don't think it should be knocked. And I do think in the blind low vision space, it has the ability for people without sight to control devices and get the outcome and the outputs that they want. And tell me about education because there is this, uh, I've heard about this new device or uh, product called, is it Empathize? That's right, Empathize is a virtual reality headset and the virtual reality headset can be um, uh, injected with different eye conditions. So I, onto the screen, I could input um, all range of uh, different conditions and the impact of them. So I can give you central vision loss, I can give you peripheral vision loss, I can give you diabetic ret retinopathy, I can show you what the impacts of the sun or coming out or rain coming down has if you're in the street with certain uh, conditions. So for the first time, instead of looking at a book, instead of putting on specs with uh, little cutouts in, yeah. I can immerse you in the real world of low vision. When you move your head, the condition follows you. When you move your eyes, the condition follows you. You cannot escape it. And within 10 or 15 minutes, you really start to realize what it is like to live with true sight loss. And this type of technology is again a game changer. Nothing like this exists. And now professionals, who may well be professionals in the care of the eye, can now start to see truly what the impact of it is. Some people who get some real value from this could be people designing accessible um, places, accessible rooms, accessible buildings, because actually suddenly they can start to see what the impact their design has if someone's got sight loss by emulating that. So we're seeing a whole range of different professional uh, people, whether they be in the eye health industry, whether they be charity workers supporting, whether they be parents looking to see what their uh, son or daughter's uh, sight loss impact is, but they can also be people designing the accessible uh, place. And I think this type of technology in which we are uh, offering training sessions on for professionals, so you don't have to buy the equipment, we bring it along, we train 10 people at a time because you can put 10 headsets on to the same um, input and show people with skilled, knowledgeable uh, clinicians running the, the uh, session exactly how sight loss impacts uh, are, are felt and understood. And this is another game changer. And Glenn, you've been in that room when, when those people are putting on the headsets and, and looking through and seeing this this distorted vision. Is there, like on their faces, can you see, like are they going, oh my God, I never thought this is what somebody was going through, this is what their vision was. Is there? Is it really having a, a, an immediate impact? Oh, it has a jaw-dropping impact um, to the point really where after about 10 or 15 minutes, the emotional and uh, energy impact of what your brain is trying to process means that people often say, I've got to take this off. I've got to take this off. This is fantastic, but I am absolutely tired already. And we say, well, but if you've got sight loss, you live with it 24 hours a day. You can't take it off. 
and people suddenly at last say, oh, now I understand. So it is a real drawing of the curtains in, in many respects. Yes, you see it. People you know, really enjoy the experience, but more importantly are educated now for the first time about what it really is like to have certain eye conditions. And Glenn, something I've always wanted to ask you is, what's driving you about accessibility? What, what, what happened in previously in your life to say, I want to go down, you know, help people uh, with, with vision loss? Why, why do you see the importance of, of, of helping people? Well, I think it comes from uh, just a, a moral view of life. I've always worked in the technology industry at the age of 14 when I was fixing slot machines on South and Seafront. But through um, British Telecom, through the cable industry, through the data hosting, uh, all of them technology and product driven, all of them changing the face of life through technology. But you know, many of those industries don't care as much about the people using the technology as they do about the income they get from it. And I bought this company 15 years ago because I was shown then the very first scan and read mobile phone and I could see the look on people's faces when they scanned the document and it read it back to them and for the first time they had access to it. And it was like the Remington Shaver story. It was so good, I had to buy the company. And that's why I'm here. And that was a five year project and it's 15 years and I'm not even halfway through yet. This is a fantastic place to be. Well, Glenn, thanks for continuing to be involved in the, uh, in the area of accessibility. I really appreciate it, and I think a lot of our listeners will as well. Uh, and I think it's worth, worth saying that Sight & Sound uh, are the key sponsor of this event today. So, uh, you know, you're really putting your money where your mouth is, is as well. Uh, but it's brilliant work that you do, and may you continue it for a very, very long time. Yeah, Dan, thank you very much. Lovely to talk to you as well. Thanks. My name is Ellis Ellis, Vision Aid Technologies Limited. And Ellis, what's, what are you showing today? What's, what, are you, what are you promoting at, at Site Village Southeast? <laughs> uh, well, we've got, well, there's over 50 different solutions on the stand, so don't worry, I'm not going to go through all of them. Um, but we, we, yeah, we have hundreds and hundreds uh, from all the manufacturers almost that we work with, all the ones in the whole industry we work with. Uh, effectively, if anybody makes a good product that might be able to help a low vision or blind user, we'll do our absolute best to, to learn about it, support it, and be able to provide it in the UK for people. That means a huge amount of research on your part, because you've got to keep up to date with what's what's out in the market, correct? It, it is. I almost have a queue of different of solutions on a, on a shelf near my desk that I've got to get through and, and spend the time with going through and learning and seeing how they compare to all the other solutions and then whether it's worth us actually bringing them on and into the market. Uh, there's no point bringing something in if it's not as good, more expensive than something that does exactly the same job. So are you getting clients from all over the UK or, or further afield? Yeah, no, we, yeah, we do get inquiries from all over the world, really, from our website. But um, no, we, we have the ability to sell all the products throughout the United Kingdom, yeah. And what, is there one or two main products that you're kind of uh, excited about uh, this year? Well, I'll try and keep it to two, maybe, but uh, yeah. Well, we, we're very lucky to be joined by CobaVision for the first time. They're a Belgium company that um, has some fantastic, they've got a great desktop video magnifier with real-time text-to-speech on it. So on other desktop video magnifiers we have, you it takes sort of 30 seconds to actually say, I want to start reading this page, and it starts reading to you. With theirs, it's a really good full HD image, and then you say, well, I've been looking at this with my eyes, I now want to read this, this paragraph or this uh, column. You just press play, and literally two seconds later, it's then reading it out loud to you and highlighting it to you as you go. Um, and they do the desktop version, which is the Vocatex product, uh, and they do a portable laptop connectable camera, or it connects via HDMI, version called the Zoom Cam as well, and that only weighs 1.2 kilos. So they've got a portable version of the same thing. So is this, is this con conventionally connecting to a laptop or a, a, an iPad, or could you use it, could you connect it to like a TV? All of those, so yes, yeah, so it's got a direct HDMI, full-size HDMI output on it, but then it's got USB-C output, which then means you can literally connect it to any tablet, Mac, Windows device, and it works with Supernova and ZoomText in split screen as well. Um, but because all of the processing is done on the camera, the beauty of it is you don't need to install any specialist software onto the devices that you're using it with. So you can just use it with a standard Windows camera app, you can use it with free viewers on the iPad, which it now works with as well, or on, on Mac, FaceTime it works with, or VLC on Windows. So it's, you just basic software will work with it. 
The camera is, has optical zoom on it, so that means the quality while you stay in the optical range is lossless. Um, but it, to get a bit of extra zoom, um, they do and then add digital zoom on top of that. But the quality is excellent. So on a 15.6 inch laptop screen, I, I remember the zoom is about 35 times, which is very long on a small screen. When you go up to like a 24, 27 inch screen, that's nearly double. So you're into the mid 40s magnification there, which if you're needing that kind of magnification to magnify a page and read it, that product might not be the, the right size solution. You're, you're probably more going to be relying on a proper text-to-speech device, that that's its core function and will do the whole page really quickly and easily versus this is still primarily a magnifier, so you can use it to write underneath, do practical tasks, and then instantly read text as you're moving. But the great thing about the, um, the reading function, the way it works, is that you're actually still involved with the reading. So you're moving the page around under the camera, once you've started it reading, it highlights the word to you on the screen and then just carries on reading when you get to the next section of it automatically. Um, so it's, you're actually involved and, and you can choose where you read, whereas a lot of the OCR systems, you capture the page and it will start from the very beginning. Some of them let you choose, but most of them, you have to listen to it right from the beginning. Whereas this, you can be magnifying and say, oh, now, now I want to read this. You hit the read button and literally two seconds later, it's then speaking it to you. So it's, it's nice. Sounds like a fantastic product. And what's your second product you're going you're to talk to us about? <laughs> well, we've got another uh, product that connects to a computer. So this, this time it's one called the Coast. Um, this is the smallest, lightest computer connectable camera that exists with optical zoom. So it's it only weighs 350 grams, um, so less than a pound, and it's designed for business users and students, obviously low vision ones, that need help accessing things in the distance. So seeing what the teacher's doing, the interactive whiteboard, the projector screen in a business meeting, um, and it's because it's so discreet and it doesn't have a battery, it's just really, and it's quick to set up, it, it means I think that more people actually would be happy using it rather than the larger kind of slightly clunkier systems that were still around some of them um, because not wanting to stand out in a meeting or in a classroom is, is a big thing for a lot of low vision students so this, this will help them as much as possible still with fantastic image quality it's image stabilized as well so that's the other problem we see with a lot of distance cameras when you're at high zoom levels a tiny wobble on the desk translates to a much bigger movement and then you can't read what you're actually trying to look at yeah. so with this you've got that you've got all the enhanced color modes you've got video recording with audio so there's a microphone built into the camera so it will record the audio that's being pointed at you um, it works with iPads directly as well so there's a specialist free app for that um, and there may also we believe be a Coast Duo version coming which will allow close-up viewing as well so you can just point the camera down then and it will focus it close up to use it as a close-up magnifier for when you do have a bit of paperwork to magnify or you need to handwrite and fill something in. And then you can just lift it up and point it in the distance to then zoom in further than someone with 20-20 vision can see. Um, yeah. And are, are both the products you're talking, you just talked about there, are they both available on the market now? Yes, yeah, so that the Coast is, the Coast Duo isn't yet, but the Zoom Cam and the Zoom Cam with Speech, the one I spoke about first, yes, that, they're available. Um, the Zoom Cam is just under 3,000, so it's 2,995 pounds. The Zoom Cam with Speech is 3,595 pounds. So they are kind of the higher end of those products, but it's the continuous reading and the fact it's got the, all the OCR is built into the camera is what really sets that one apart. Um, the Coast is a bit more palatable, so that's 1,295 pounds. Um, and it includes a clamp stand as well, so you, and you can adjust the height of it, so you can use it to look over the people's heads if you're in a meeting or a classroom as well. Um, and then you can add the Readit software to it, which is the fully-fledged one that does full OCR, um, document import and export, so it'll OCR PDFs, does screenshot OCR, does a huge number of things as well. So that, if you add that to it, that's on offer at the moment, so that bundled with the Coast is £1,545. So it's, it's really competitive price-wise, um, which we hope will help a lot of students be able to gain access to it because it's, it's difficult for them to get funding at the higher level sometimes. There's also a braille display that you're, you're showing here today. Yes, it's the, the new 40 cell braille display by a company called HelpTech in Germany. Um, and what makes this product different, it's called the Activator. Um, it's the only braille display that has both an integrated braille input keyboard and a QWERTY keyboard and it's very nicely packaged. So it's not like you've got a big device. It's still the same size as a standard 40 cell Braille note taker, but they've allowed the, they've used very slim QWERTY keys on the keyboard and it folds in half on top of the device when you're not using it. So it's really, really well thought out. And the main reason they've done it is they've said that uh, phone users, specifically at the moment designed to work with iPhones, 
Um, and it actually comes with an iPhone dock that allows you to dock and charge the iPhone from it. And you get a USB output on that as well for connecting additional storage. Um, it, uh, a lot of the access on iPhones, you can do with Braille input shortcuts but the number of shortcuts you have to remember for home is awkward. So with this, you can remember the standard keyboard shortcuts or just use arrow keys to navigate around the phone. Um, the shortcuts obviously to jump to home and to different settings and things are all in there as well. So people find, and a lot of times, you don't really need blind users. We found they can do a lot of what they need to do for their job and for work on the iPhone because all the apps, Microsoft apps are on there. So that then becomes your computer with cloud storage. And having that ability to have a QWERTY keyboard instantly in there or switch back to Braille input straight away or use them simultaneously even um, is a really good productivity boost. And Ellis, tell us what you've got here from Sightcare. That is a product called the Clover Note and it's the largest handheld portable that we've, we've had, which is a 12 and a half inch screen. Um, it weighs just over a kilo, but it runs for about four and a half hours on battery. So if you need a larger screen and you need something you can take with you, it's a really nice option. Um, they have 4K cameras in them, so there's actually a one fa self-facing for hair and makeup and a, a mirror view, and then there's a dedicated rear camera, which you can, it points down at the table, and you can slide it across the, the document like you can with a standard handheld. Um, but you can also close the stand shut and then use it to look around in the distance as well. And it has both a matte touchscreen interface, so you can pinch to zoom and pan around the document just with your fingers, but it's also got an integrated joystick, so you can do that as well for users that might not like touchscreens on there. Um, but yeah, I, can, I can see my friend Stuart Lawler enjoying the makeup uh, end of it, because <laughs> yes, he needs yes, one just before he gets ready for the show. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, it would definitely be helpful for Stuart, yeah. Um, but there is also a dedicated distance camera that you can buy as an add-on that slots into the camera. So that then enables the same kind of distance viewing as you get, if people are familiar with the Sightcare units, I know Stuart's got some of them in Ireland. Uh, they do the Cloverbook they've just started doing for education from us. Um, so this is the same distance camera you get on the Cloverbook Plus and the Pro, but it slots into the Clovernote as well, but it's just on a longer, on longer arm. So that then enables sort of distance viewing up to kind of between five and 10 meters um, with really good quality. And you just push a button on the side of the unit to switch between the distance camera or then looking at close up. So for students or business users, again, needing distance viewing and close up viewing, it's a really nice, neat, transportable solution. It's still a, still a handheld, but it's 1.1 kilos. It's, it's heavier than something you can, and bigger obviously than something you can fit in your pocket, but it's no bigger, it's lighter than most laptops. Uh, and it's very slim as well. There is also the new Cloverbook XL while I'm on Sightcare, so that's the 15.6 inch version of the Cloverbook, so very similar to the Clovernote I just described, but that one is built into a stand, so it allows you to work sort of hands-free underneath the camera like you would on a traditional desktop video magnifier. But you have different options for distance viewing with the Cloverbook Plus, and then the Pro version adds that split screen view, so you can do simultaneous distance and close-up and OCR, and you can plug in a second screen to have dedicated distance and close-up, one, one screen for the distance, one for close-up as well. It's very nice, yeah, for, for users needing that work in a, in a meeting or a, an education environment, yeah. Um, is there anything else you want to plug while we're here? We're getting close to the end, yeah. So there's a, a new version of the Voxivision, which is, they've just released version three, which now greatly simplifies it. So the Voxivision is a, a six-inch mobile phone, so to start with, but it, you can't use it as a phone, but they've, they've put tactile buttons on the, on the actual screen. So you get three buttons on the device, on the screen, which you can feel, so designed for totally blind users to be able to operate as well. It's all voice activated and speech feedback on it. Um, you've got, um, and then the buttons on the side for zooming in and zooming out and, and uh, the voice activation on the power button. But the really nice things on it, it's got the, the most impressive barcode scanner we've seen on any device. So on other devices, you have to hold something very still and take a picture. This, when it's in barcode recognition, it's instant. It's as good as a checkout barcode scanner is. You can literally be moving the product around in front of it and it sees it, and it's got the biggest barcode database of any company that we've seen as well. They actually trawl all the supermarket websites to get their local products as well as the international ones that you get. Um, if it doesn't know the barcode though, you can just program it in with a voice tag. So for people needing it for maybe for medication, you can use that as a, as a reminder to check what, uh, what tablets they are. Obviously for tins of food that are all the same size and shape. Um, very importantly as well for, for wine and beer as well to make sure you're getting the right one uh, if, you, if you want to have a drink later on. Uh, so it's really nice those features. But the OCR on it is phenomenal as well. So it's got, if it's connected to Wi-Fi, then it has 
the ability to read handwriting recognition as accurately as anything we've seen from the devices that are doing handwriting recognition as well. So you don't have to enable any setting, as long as it's connected to Wi-Fi when you capture something, it will just be phenomenally accurate at reading letters, Christmas cards, birthday cards, uh, logos on products, text that's all at different angles, all bent round, it's really, really accurate on it. Um, and they've just added casting as well. So, so for low vision users, you can now cast it to any television screen that supports wireless casting as well. Wow. Yeah, so it's, so it's a lot of features in a very small, neat package, but very simple to use, just with a, a mode you can cycle through. On the simple mode, it does barcodes. Uh, they also do QR codes, so they actually provide you with labels. So a bit like the RNIB pen friend, um, you get uh, 30 labels with it which go through the wash on clothes, so for blind users you can attach a label that will go through the wash and then you can program that in with your voice tag as well. So it's got those, barcode recognition, it does currency recognition as well, euros, pounds, dollars, uh, and some other currencies in there as well. It reads almost all languages, it has translations as well, so it translates from one language to another. Um, it's, it's a phenomenal amount of things in it, but the basic mode just keeps it really simple. One button to cycle between the main reading machine, barcode scanner, or handheld magnifier. And it's a really good six inch handheld magnifier as well. So yeah. If people in Ireland want to uh, talk to you about and know more about the products that you've got on offer, how would they go about the, uh, contacting you? Well, if they contact us directly, then uh, we do come over to Ireland normally once every sort of six to eight weeks. So we sort of get multiple demonstrations booked up uh, and then come over and we can do free in-home demonstrations or at work or at school place demonstrations as well. So please do contact us. I'm just afraid we, it won't be sort of a, a normal sort of one or two week wait time for that though, unless you happen to call, contact us at a time when we're just coming over. But yeah, um, so our website, if it's, that's, that's sort of the best resource, is just www.visionaid.co.uk, visionaid.co.uk. And we have a free phone number as well, which is 0800 002 Double five, double five. Brilliant. Thank you very much, Alison. I hope the show goes well for you today. Thank you very much, Aaron. You can email blindguyschat at gmail.com or tweet us at blindguyschat if you've any comments or questions. Brad Pilkington. Brad, tell us, um, are you a listener to Blind Guys Chat? Uh, no, I'll come across it randomly one day, though, um, on um, Spotify. Ah. That's how I found it, yeah. Oh, Spotify. cool. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, um, Literally just typing it in on when I first went blind um, on podcasts, and uh, yeah, it come up. Well, there you go. You should listen to us sometime. And now that you're on it, you know. Yeah, literally. <laughs> so I hear you're a TikToker. Tell us about that. So yeah, I do um, TikToking. I, uh, I when I first lost the eyesight, I started going uh, doing boxing for the blind. But I done it through like um, just like a local sports centre, like a boxing uh, club, and um, yeah, I started going on there doing that, and then. Um, I thought, I need TikTok, because everybody uses TikTok nowadays. Absolutely, you know I mean? yeah. And I thought, what a way to get, you know, like, the, the stigma um, out there a bit more. So, not, because I'm not being funny or nothing, but ever since I've lost the eyesight, yeah. people don't even want to approach you because they don't know how to s yeah. talk to you or whatever. Yeah. They're afraid of, of yeah. saying something wrong. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. So this, I feel like that can break that, do you know what I mean? Where yeah. there's so many thousands of people all over the world on it. Yeah, no, absolutely, you're dead right. And so, what, if we're to find your TikTok, what, what do we look for? The official turn a blind eye. Oh, I love it. <laughs> that is brilliant. The official turn a blind eye. Well, Brad, we're going to put that in our show notes and hopefully lots of our listeners will go and have a look at your TikTok. Oh, brilliant. Thanks for chatting to me. Take care, all of us. Cheers, Cheers. bye. Jean-Marc Figali, WeWalk's Head of Research and Development. What is WeWalk? Yep. Well, WeWalk was actually born out of our own professional and lived experience of visual impairment. We love the standard white cane. We think it's an amazing tool. But the thing is, it could do so much more with the right technology. And that's exactly what we did. So we enhanced the standard white cane to get visually impaired people from point A to point B as safely and as effectively as possible. It's a really simple device. We've chopped off the rubber handle at the very top of the cane and we replaced it with the WeWalk handle. It's got an ultrasonic sensor for upper body obstacle detection for things like low hanging tree branches. So already it's much safer than your standard white cane. But even better is our patented connectivity to our WeWalk smartphone app. 
Using that built-in touchpad speaker and microphone, you can control your WeWalk app, which is genuinely one of the most you know, comprehensive navigation apps for visually impaired people out there. And WeWalk will literally tell you, head 12 o'clock for 50 meters, take a three o'clock right turn where your bus will be waiting for you in four minutes. And it's one that I use every day. It's a great little device and it keeps getting better with software updates. If you save a route, it can, it can bring you back to where you're, you, you want to go by just telling you by, by the app and through the cane. Yep, exactly. So it pairs with your smartphone. So we are using your smartphone's built-in data and GPS connection, but we also have a compass and an inertial measurement unit built into WeWalk for enhanced navigation accuracy. And they work together hand in hand. So because your cane's always pointing forward, we can make that assumption and give you more precise clock directions than before, really. The cane is the foundation of everything. It's not WeWalk and the cane, it's the cane and WeWalk. So you would use your standard O&M skills, your continuous contact or two-point touch as you would use a standard cane. It's just if you ever need that extra bit of help or support, like you want to find out where the nearest bus stop is or where you are, or just that extra obstacle detection, then you can easily do that uh, from the WeWalk cane. And right now we ship with an Ambitech graphite cane, so it's a standard, you know, collapsible cane. So if you've got one, you should be able to screw it on top. How do you differentiate between, let's say, a wall and a person, I suppose? Yep. Or can you? That's a great question. Uh, so the short answer between a wall and a person is you can, but it takes a little bit of practice. What we consider the obstacle detection to be is like another cane pointing upward. So just like your standard canes on the floor, it will pick up something and then suddenly stop or you know, vibrate rigorously. That's exactly how the obstacle detection works for us. So once it comes within a predefined range, which you can set from about 80 centimeters all the way up to two meters, your WeWalk will then vibrate and then you can figure out, hey, wait a second, there's something over there. So as you move left and as you move right, when it vibrates, say on the left, you know that there's something there, you can then move right, you'll know that there's an empty opening there, you're good to go. So for instance, just like you determine when a door is open or a lift is open, you could swipe left and right and once WeWalk's obstacle detection stops vibrating, you can make the assumption that the lift doors have opened or the revolving yeah. doors have come your way. That's the exact same way with people in poles. So as you move left or right, once you get that vibration, you know there's something right there, as you continue your sweep, when it stops vibrating, you can then assume that there's nothing there and then make your way. And is it a heavy device to when you once it's connected to a, to a cane? I mean, I, I could grab the microphone right now and let you carry it if you'd like. Can I'd love do, to, yeah, can, yeah. Can we do that? Okay. Yeah, yeah, sure. I've now taken control of your show. Thank you very much. <laughs> but if you, you reach out... do it much better than I can. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh. <laughs> Wow, it's very, it's very nice. That's, well, I thought I was kind of expecting something almost like a Geiger counter or something, you know, on, on the cane. That's very, yeah. I'm thinking of what questions to ask, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, so, so it's literally just attaching into the top of my, top yep. of that cane. Yeah, exactly. And then is there, is it easy to kind of start uh, going or yeah, yeah. so well, I can actually show you how it actually attaches firstly if you grab yeah, the I'll grab, uh, the mic yeah okay. so it, it literally just collapses as you would a standard cane yeah it's got a tactile button at the back and it's also got a touchpad at the very front it's a simple double tap and then once you've double tapped you're pretty much good to go you connect your Bluetooth earpiece or even use this built-in speaker and you can just essentially get it going it's a few taps away again it, you do we do provide induction sessions to make sure people are you know familiar with the device we do want people to pick it up and go, but there are a couple of nuances, a couple of gestures that you should know. But again, we provide loads of resources. Even in your own WeWalk app, you can just take out the app, click a few buttons, and you'll get a whole tutorial as to how to go through WeWalk. And presumably the best way to use it is to have your Bluetooth uh, headset in your ears so you can get uh, as much uh, audible information into your, directly into your ear rather than having to listen to it perhaps through, uh, in a busy street through the speaker. Exactly. Uh, yeah. as, as you would navigate today, I mean, you could use bone conducting headsets or aftershocks, you could use any, well, in your head, I'm not sure if you'd want to do that, but any sort of headset that you would use today will pair seamlessly with WeWalk and the app. So you just simply have to, you know, once, you, once everything's connected, you double tap that touchpad, it'll go straight to your headset. No more setup needed. It's just a one-time thing. And what's the reaction so far to, uh, presumably it's in the market, yeah. uh, what's the reaction to people who have purchased, what's the feedback you're getting? Yeah. So we've been on the market for a few years now. I mean, there's been a lot of lessons learned. We walk, you know, a few years ago, wasn't this seamless? You know, there was yeah. a lot to learn. We took an initial positive feedback, initial negative feedback, and we made a lots of corrections along the way. So for instance, over the years, we've made huge updates to the app. So we went from just walking navigation to now walking, bus, and train transport. We used to ship with our own shaft, like our own in-house cane. 
We realized that wasn't good enough, so we partnered up with Ambitech, changed it all up, and now it's much lighter than before and much more durable. So we keep making changes, and now we feel like we've come to a point where you know, we're super proud and we feel that, yeah, if you got a WeWalk today, it should definitely get you to your destination a lot better than it did you know, many years ago. It's, it's, it's been a long journey thanks to our users and thanks to all the feedback. And yeah, we're very proud of the product today, I'll say that. Well, that's brilliant. I'm uh, very impressed. I'm, I'm so glad I got to see it eventually. Uh, thanks for coming on the podcast. No, it's a pleasure. Th thanks for having me. Hi, my name is Mulemisi Kono. And can you tell us a bit about what the work you do and the organization you, you are with? Okay, um, I run something called Visual Eyes Africa International. I think the name there, Africa, gives it away. But I'm a rehab worker as well as a habilitation specialist. I, interestingly, I've worked in this building before. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it's back to my roots, so to say. Uh, our organization works exclusively, dually, uh, but in, the, in Africa itself, but with uh, contacts here in the United Kingdom. We are more into capacity building for blind, for special habilitation specialists, as well as rehabilitation, including talking about te uh, technologies. So like assistive technology kind of thing, or? Yes, yes, yes. Um, uh, in the continent, um, there's a lack uh, of uh, uh, equipment, uh, access to equipment, in, uh, as well as um, talking about the, what is habilitation. You know, and in, in the latest, uh, we, we actually we just came from Botswana yesterday, uh, where we continue this work. Uh, before that, we were in Kenya, uh, where we, we gave presentations on curriculum development for blind and vision impaired people. So this is part of what we do in the continent and we are very, very interested for uh, all these people to come and visit Africa and share uh, the knowledge, the experience and inspire uh, people. Um, yeah. That's fantastic. So I suppose it's about um, giving people the opportunity to, to have access to equipment and technology that's going to help them live their lives better, right? Exactly. Uh, and, uh, uh, and there is a lack of it, uh, and I mean seriously lack of it. Um, for example, when we were in Kenya and in Botswana as recently as yesterday or last week, uh, we had a, we, our employers before donated these canes and we took them there. A cane there is about uh, 700 local money, which is far beyond uh, they can afford. So, uh, how much would that be in, say, sterling? Or yeah, I'll have to translate that, but maybe around uh, 60, okay. 60. That's a lot. That's a lot when you you know that um, people people are the the organization themselves has no money to do that. Uh, in fact, we just donated through RNIB thanks to RNIB uh, and our networks donated a brailler to Uganda, a brand new brailler to Uganda, which is going to transform the lives the lives of blind and vision impaired people, students in there. And it, that's like a Perkins brailler or something that works off electricity? It's a Perkins brailler. It's a Perkins, it's a Perkins brailler. Um, and these things are, are, I mean, I cannot overemphasize their importance. And you're talking about technologies there. We also want people to access audiobooks, especially students. At the moment, uh, there's absolutely none. You know, and students suffer, uh, suffer, if I may use the strong word, either in universities or in schools, because they can't get the, the, the textbooks and so forth in, in, in any other way unless if they got somebody to, to take them around. You know, uh, and they aren't personal assistants. Can I just ask if somebody, you know, there's, I know many people who are lucky enough to have access to technology and they might have a lot of technology that they aren't using, that they started to use and maybe their site changed or that it didn't work for them or whatever and they might just have this lying around their home. Is there any way that that, that kind of stuff can be donated to you guys and that might be of use to you? Yes, if they look uh, at visual eyes, Africa International on across the social media they can they can see us but they can phone me on 07484 710385 
That's a UK number, is it? That's a UK number. I'll put it in the show notes, okay. Uh, the email is M-O-L-E-M-I-S-I at V-E-A hyphen N-I-T dot com. They can see it on, 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 on all of our our upload on social medias. Brilliant. I will add those to the show notes. Thank you so much for chatting to us. I really appreciate it. Have a great day. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. My name is Adi Kushnir and I'm from a new company called Access Mind that we have just created. And it's a company, uh, it's a partnership between me, my other colleague uh, here, Avi, and Orbit Research. Uh, And we are producing... Uh, Our first new product is actually called Optima. It's a Braille uh, laptop with Windows. It's in front of you now. You're looking at it. And it's basically a um, full-size, full 40-cell Braille display with a Windows laptop built into it and a QWERTY keyboard. So this device is running Windows 11, is it, at the moment? It is running Windows 11. It is running, right now you're looking at it with JAWS, but it can also be used with NVDA if you want to. Um, And the main idea is to offer a customizable, modern, up-to-date, all-in-one solution that will essentially try to slowly replace the proprietary and expensive note-taker field devices. So this is now running the latest generation of um, Intel uh, processors, the 13th generation, and it can be customized with uh, i5 or i7, so you can choose the, the amount of uh, the, the processor type you want, the amount of memory you want, the amount of storage you want. Everything is totally modular and customizable uh, for future upgradability. Now, are you when you say it's totally customizable? Are you? Do you mean actually the customer can can decide yes, what yes, the what they want? Can decide both during purchase time and after, so you can upgrade it later as well. Wow, that's this is amazing. So we have two options for Braille cells. So what you're looking in fr- uh, at now is the Orbit Research uh, Braille technology, which is more affordable. And we will also have uh, standard piezoelectric uh, braille cells. So, again, this is another part of the customization experience. Wow, this is like I, it's it's hard to very describe because we're this is an audio podcast, but it's very hard to describe. But this is a very neat little little package. The the braille cells feel beautiful, and then we have a a, a qwerty keyboard. If I'm correct, just yes, above. Where the keyboard above the braille cells, and you have also your standard cursor routing keys and uh, navigation keys. So you can use it in three ways. It's a standalone laptop, so if you want an all-in-one portable solution with Windows, you don't have to connect it to any other PC, or you can connect it as a braille terminal to a Bluetooth device or a USB device, and in which case. It will pass the keyboard and the Braille display to your iPhone or a Windows PC or a Mac or whatever. And will it, so will it work with Android as well? Yes. It will work with uh, TalkBack too. Could I replace it with this and run? Absolutely. Uh, the, the, that is the main goal for this project, so that you will not have to carry a laptop and a Braille display. So it, it's more than powerful enough to do whatever task you want to do with it depends on the hardware configuration you choose. So for example, you can choose between eight gigabytes to 64 gigabytes of RAM, and you can choose between 256 or two terabyte SSDs for storage. So, and the processors are the latest from Intel at this day. So it's really, really, really flexible. So it can do everything from basic web surfing and word processing and note-taking all the way up to um, software development, audio production, etc. And I suppose one of the questions for me that I would ask is, is there a video display out so that if, if, uh, if my IT department, for example, needed to do something at the Windows end, would they be able to, would we be able to connect a monitor to this device so that they, they could actually see what's happening 
rather than uh, seeing it? That is a very good question, and the answer is yes. And it's also, it's another part of the customization process because in the final product, this is not in the current prototypes that you're seeing, but in the final product, the ports that you have on this device will also be removable and swappable by the user. So you'll be able to choose which ports you want the device to have. So, and change them on the fly. They will be on little carts, on little plastic carts. So uh, you can have up to four ports. Uh, the choices are HDMI, USB Type-A, USB Type-C, Ethernet, and SD card. Yeah. And display output, video output, is supported both via USB-C or HDMI. So you have both choices. Wow, this is, and how long in the making, how long were you planning, planning and designing and, and testing this device? We hope to ship uh, uh, in the middle of next year. I hope we were planning originally for um, the first quarter of uh, 2023, but um, uh, 2024, sorry. Yeah. Uh, but we faced some challenges. We still need to make some improvements. And also, uh, I'm coming from Israel, and right now, you know, we have a very difficult security situation there, which might delay uh, my work abilities, but um, we're hoping for mid next year. Well, Adi, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you made it over to, uh, to London. Uh, I was looking forward to meeting you and thank you, thank you so much for, for coming in and showing us this device. I'm really excited about it. to speak with us. I really appreciate it. Thank you very much. You can email blindguyschat at gmail.com or tweet us at blindguyschat if you've any comments or questions. So there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. There is part wow. one of Site Village. Q. I'm sorry if I didn't say it at the very top of the show, but Site Village is uh, mainly it is run in the in the UK, and it is it is basically a, an event all around uh, the UK throughout the year uh, that shows off uh, assistive technology and, and many many other. Uh, um, stands at, at, at the actual event. There is one in Birmingham. Is it June or July? Is right about uh, Birmingham, two days? July, Wales, uh, Manchester and Lunding. Yeah, and, so, uh, so this hmm. is the first one that Clodagh uh, uh, and I have attended. Yeah. Uh, I have to say to you, you guys, I think we were saying this off air, and um, because Jan and I have been to a fair few site villages, yeah. I think, in the past. Uh, I know yeah. Orin and Clodagh was your first, but for me, Mm. And I was on the sight and sound stand pretty much all day. It you was, were. I think, yeah. the busiest event, yeah, the busiest sight village I've been to. And actually, it made me think, and I was saying this to one of my colleagues afterwards, and somebody else was feeding back, I think, to the organisers. The London event is only on for one day. The Birmingham event is, is on for two. But the London mm. event used to be two days. Yeah, uh, oh, pre, really? pre pre yep, COVID, yep. and yep. I think they need to go back to that two day. Yeah, given the because I was just going to ask: is it is it? Did you think you, it was as busy as the two day event in Birmingham? I think I, the, I think what you had in did. London, yeah. So Birmingham was busy. Uh, it was a slightly different setup in Birmingham. There was only one big. There was one big massive room. Obviously in mm. London there was two halls. I think London was more concentrated. Obviously, there was a lot more people trying to obviously getting in for one day. Clodagh was mentioning mm. it was people queuing. Mm. Um, they did ask people to door. register if they were coming, but I think a lot of people just turned up on the day and just came in. Yeah, I, I, I want to talk about that just for a minute. And it might be slightly controversial, but I, I, Ooh, I found the registration a bit odd, to say the least. Yes. Yeah, yes, we did. did, yeah. did well In fact, it's so good we registered twice. I have That's never registered twice. <laughs> <laughs> but there was talk because I was listening to another podcast that that Stuart um, had hosted, um, and, and one of the organisers there was talking that uh, talking about the fact that if he could register, it would be great because then they would you would be able to book a, a sighted guide on the for for the event and they would have a, a good idea of how many guides uh, they actually needed hmm. but that if i unless i'm wrong that didn't seem to be the uh, the yeah, case it, it, actually it didn't, when, or, when and you're not the you're not the only person who said that to me and and i'm not sure what happened there there was no there was nowhere on that form to say i i, mm. I, I would like a sighted guide so maybe it is interesting feedback for yeah. them to just maybe say that, that maybe the registration form needs to be looked at for the future. I kind of assumed mm. that maybe all the sighted guides had been booked and that's and they changed to the form or something by the ah. time. 
I'd got to it, but I don't know. I don't know, because I didn't see. And just in case anyone's new listening, I'm the token sighty on this show. Um, Can I I didn't see anything, yeah. Can can I also say in relation to sighted guys, because I know somebody at the show who used them and has nothing but really positive the experience. There was two sighted guys. They were all sixth formers. Yeah, they were fantastic. 17-year-olds. Apparently they were A1. Hey, guys, by the way, uh, we have new listeners, but what was the weather in London? It was nice. It was I nice. thought it was yeah, nice. It was all right. Yeah. It wasn't bad. Yeah. It, was it was not bad. bad. It was dry. Yeah. yeah. It was yeah. dry. It was a little yeah, bit exactly. of rain one of the days, but it didn't. It wasn't anything upsetting. Yeah, it was grand. No. It was lovely. Back to the show. Oh. I oh, have yeah. to say, <laughs> Ellis Ellis, Ellis Ellis, who I, 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 it was a lovely guy. So good guy. they named him twice. So good they named him twice from Vision Aid. Now, I was really, really impressed with this um uh, what was it, Voxy? Voxy Vision. Voxy can, Vision. Can I just, Oran, before yeah. you say that, because oh, I know yeah, Ellis sure. Ellis very well. Ellis has been in the industry oh. a long time. He, he runs a great company. Vision 8 have a huge catalogue of stuff, and we do a lot of work with them, actually. But mm. Ellis, the little thing there about my makeup, I'm not very happy. I, I will be chatting <laughs> to you the next time I see you. Stu, um, you, know, you know how you Oren can't so help well. just taking a dig. Anytime he gets <laughs> yeah, the but we've got, but I mean, we've got Marion doing the makeup. Unprovoked. He doesn't, he doesn't it mean it. I just, I merely made the comment that Stuart <laughs> yeah. would yeah. like one of those. Yeah. And the thing is, Ellis agrees, so I did. He did agree. But the Foxy Vision, really, no, I have to say about about magnifiers, sorry, is that I did use magnifiers many, many years ago, and I think what I'm, what I was blown away by this, this time was this is the first time. I've ever heard about a, a, a magnifier with avail- being available with speech. Okay. Uh, because all the magnifiers I had were just magnifiers. And mm-hmm. I thought, now I don't know how long this has been, uh, these have been available, but I thought this was a brilliant, uh, fantastic step forward. But I, I was really struck by this uh, Voxivision um, d- little device, which seems to be kind of similar to, in size, certainly, to like an iPhone. Uh, what, do we, what did you guys think? What struck me was he was talking about the barcode reader. He says it's, yeah. it's yeah. as good as the one in, the ones they use in the, in, in the checkouts. Exactly. Yeah. In the supermarket. Yeah. That's kind of amazing. I want yeah. to try it out. So And that's amazing because yeah. as, a, as a sighted person, I've tried to use the you know a QR app on the phone. Yeah. And sometimes it's very hard to get them to read it. Exactly. So that's really incredible that you can just hold it in the vicinity and it'll find it. Like that's that's amazing. Yeah, that's really interesting. And yeah. I think I should, have, I should have pointed out probably at the top of the show that what we are... <laughs> we slash I decided to do was <laughs> to talk more to, to the people at the stands so that we could get as much information for the listeners as we could. So while there are some small demos, and I do mean small demos, of some of the equipment that was on offer, I really just wanted to talk to uh, each each person that we could on the stand to see what, what was available so that you guys who are listening uh, would have a better understanding of, of the choice that's available. So I'm sorry if uh, it, it sounded like we weren't getting enough demos of things. And in particular with, uh, with VisionAid, um, mm-hmm. I didn't at the time uh, of recording get a demonstration of the activator braille display from HelpTech. However, after recording, um, Ellis took me, uh, took me over to another part of the stand and he did show me the activator um, which I have to say, I was kind of blown away by. Um, so it's it's basically it's uh, now it's 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 built in Germany. So it is it, it's a it's a completely metal um, uh, casing. So it's I thought it was quite heavy, but very well built. And th- it's kind of it's a weird kind of not a weird kind of device, but a kind of a you kind of think. Why didn't they think about this years ago about braille displays? But the braille is actually what they call concaved. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's like a trench. It's, it's like, like exactly like, your like a, trench. a trench. Yeah, yeah. and, and yeah. it kind of it, it, you kind of think actually that's that feels really nice. Actually, why why didn't because it kind of keeps it? your fingers it kind of keeps proper. your fingers in place. And it's, mm. it's, 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 that's an interesting feedback that you say that because um, I and I've tried this out a long time ago one of the one of the one of the counter bits of feedback from that is people report their fingers get very sweaty because oh, they're stuck oh, in this really? trench for a long periods now I don't know because I haven't used it for long one of the things that that eight that that uh, display has I think or and he may have mentioned to you is something called ATC active oh, tactile active control. Tar- yep. control yes yeah, no other nifty. manufacturer no does other that, manufacturer. So that is nifty. I yeah. thought this was yeah. brilliant because he was talking to me about, as so ju- just to continue on, so it, it is basically a 40-cell 40, 40 Braille display, very well made, 
And on top of the, you know, just above, as usual, you have the Perkins uh, style um, input keys, uh, if that's what we what we call them now. But then, if you uh, if you flipped up two locks either side, left and right of the unit, and then flipped the 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 Perkins um, keyboard over, you were then presented with a full QWERTY keyboard, which I thought was absolutely brilliant. But in terms of the braille, and sorry, this connects to you know it's it's it, it, there's a dock that you can uh, that you get with it to connect to your iPhone, uh, or you can connect it via Bluetooth or USB to uh, a laptop or, or or such. But the thing that I, I I was blown away by was that if you're somebody who's learning braille, this ATC, if I'm correct in 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 saying this. It gives you a readout of how long you're spending on each Braille cell so that your teacher can give you feedback and, and say, okay, you seem to be spending a little bit too much uh, on this particular, let's say, contraction. Mm. So you need, we need to, we do need mm. to do a little bit more work on that. But, but, the, but, the, but the other great thing about it is that as you're moving your, your finger along from left to right and you get to the end, the, to, the, to your last cell to your last character this the braille display then automatically flips to the next line which those two those two features that, that, i just think that's are, the are absolutely thing, amazing yeah. yeah 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 and those mm. devices are yeah they're not really in the, this part of the world because the and i suppose in some ways the connectivity but this is interesting with braille keyboard and and qwerty keyboard in one device It'd be interesting to watch mm. that in the next little while i think did you guys see the Braille label maker he had? No, I didn't. No. no. It's a really cute little kind of rounded edged, very comfortable in the hand um, Braille label maker. So it's got like the Perkins style input um, and then it, it prints out on like a Dymo label. I don't know if you remember when you were a kid, those Dymo la yeah, uh, yeah. labors. Mm, yeah. Um, and it's really, it's really cute. And it's really cool and very useful and, and functional and stuff. But it astounds me. The price is like... It's 1195 which is a huge wow. amount of money wow. for a label yeah, maker. Really, and yeah. that's one thing that really struck me um, at Site Village is that a lot of this assistive technology is so, so expensive. Why is that? There's lots of reasons, and one is, is to do with this niche market. And now, mm. I, I, and Clodagh, you're quite right in saying it's expensive, but mm. relatively speaking, it's getting a little bit better. So Braille mm. displays, for example, which might have been 10 years ago, which might have been four and a half thousand are now about for, for a, maybe a 40 cell are now about two and a half thousand. So it, yeah, it's still right. very high, yeah. <clears throat> but it is yep. it is dropping. And that I think is, yeah. there is innovations right across just because we're talking about Braille, but it's the same, I think, mm. for low vision. There is innovations right across that sector that are mm. trying to push the prices down. And the mainstream tech companies like Apple and Google and Microsoft are are doing by by building in accessibility are pushing that as well, whether they kind of meant to or not. Still, also, you don't need Braille in the devices in a way to be uh, accessible. Eh? You you can make use of a computer or an iPhone, a smartphone, yeah. uh, without uh, with the built-in uh, um, screen readers nowadays. You know, it is uh, mm. yeah. Um, it, it is it is available of uh, uh, and and then also when you re want to reach more or, or do more you can always mm. try to get more but but uh, mm. we in the in the end it is good for the whole group yeah. of uh, of users yeah. i thought it was interesting about the whole ai thing as well and how that might change the future for yeah. people yeah uh, yeah with side loss yeah i think glenn is right i think ai is going to be a good thing potentially for blind yeah. and visually impaired uh, community yeah uh, be uh, my eyes you know is doing that uh, yeah that's really i think we need to talk about uh, that also once uh, because i did not see them at the show uh, but did you see them be my eyes they weren't on there. the list um but yeah that's whole be my ai it's funny you say that there yeah. was a yeah. couple of people somebody my sister put some photographs in our family yeah. group yesterday um on whatsapp of uh, um, my son adam and the couple of pictures with his cousins and uh you know, normally I'd be asking what are they often put put them through Beam AI, and it was it's incredible. You know, it's it's 
great yeah. that you get the level of description of detail of the description is it's amazing is yeah. kind of mind-blowing you know well ladies and gentlemen we've we're, we're, we're out of time we're gonna we're gonna go but we do hope you, you've enjoyed the very first part of uh can i just say mr O'Neill, yes i br brought a note with me i just pass it over to your desk there oh, I'm, oh, I'm i'm oh, not here oh. uh two weeks oh, two oh, weeks time oh, i'm going okay. to leave I've, I've, I've got some leave booked Sorry. No, I just handed it to you. Do you mind giving it to HR for me? Sorry, well, just, I'm well, on the way out. Well, that's ahead. I'm off yeah, for two weeks. That's not in the standing, standard a... operating procedure. No, no, no. Sorry. I'm sorry. Look, I'll be back in four weeks. Okay. <laughs> okay. Talk okay. to you soon. All right. We will see we you in two weeks' time. Send your emails as well. Oh, yep. yes. Yeah, sorry. Send your, yes. We will send your emails to Blind Guys Chat. I'll be gmail. listening from my holidays, oh. okay? Yeah, you will. Okay. We'll see you in two weeks' time. Bye. Bye. BusyBusyProductions.com